0: My name is Randy Howell, and you're listening to the Faith and Fishing Podcast.
1: Welcome to the Faith and Fishing Podcast, where every episode I'll bring you an interview with a member of the fishing community, and they'll be sharing their faith stories and fishing memories with you. I'm your host, Cam Steele. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Faith and Fishing podcast. I'm Cam.
0: Hey, and I'm Robert.
1: And uh, we've got an awesome episode for y'all this week. Uh, but first, just a, a real short housekeeping thing. Um, if, you were, if you were watching or listening and I suddenly disappear, uh, I am on daddy duty tonight. Uh, my wife is getting a much-needed break. We uh, uh, The network crashed at work, so I've been uh, pulling... Uh, she's been, she's been doing double duty with Henry for the past few nights. So, um, so just to let you know, if, if I disappear and Robert takes over, uh, that's what's going on. But, um, Robert, how's it going, man?
0: Man, it's going pretty good. Uh, it's been a pretty solid week. Uh, a lot of kids sports this week, not a lot of fishing, but that's how it goes. When the kids sports gets cranked up, it kind of cuts into the fishing time, but, I'd much rather be watching them play ball than, than fishing. Uh, but you know, that's, that's kind of goes in spurts. So, uh, hopefully maybe this weekend, maybe Sunday I'll be able to get out. We'll see.
1: I hear you. Yeah. I was able to do a little bit of fishing Sunday, Sunday evening, um, and caught a, caught a couple of bass and caught a, caught a nice size crappy and the, uh, the crappy, uh, it, tore its gills up on the treble hooks and it wasn't going to make it and I didn't bring a cooler or a stringer with me and I didn't have a way to get it home and I looked up and there was a there was an osprey sitting in a tree so I kind of threw it over to it and it was floating on the water the osprey came down and grabbed it so that was pretty cool <laughs> yeah um, yeah <laughs> it didn't go to waste and
0: that's
1: right I got to uh got to feed a bird of prey which is something mm-hmm. I'd never done before so that's pretty awesome that is cool yeah, man. So, um, if you don't have any more housekeeping stuff, I don't think I do either. Um, so let's, uh, let's get our guest introduced and we'll do that right after this. Atolus, based out of Charleston, South Carolina is an eyewear accessory and gear company focused on enhancing your time on the water. Their floating sunglass retainers are the most technically advanced around. Over five years of engineering, testing, and exhaustive feedback from paddlers, anglers, and watermen have resulted in a patented design in a class of its own. They're incredibly light and comfortable, built for durability, sport a sleek, minimal design, float virtually all brands and models of sunglasses, and they're back for life. So if you break them, Atollus will replace them, no questions asked. Whether you're fishing, kayaking, or boating, Atollus will save your shades from the dream. Head on over to atollas.co to check out their gear and use promo code FAITHINFISH15, that's FAITH, the letter N, FISH, the number 1, 5, at checkout to save 15% on your order. Get Outdoors Pedal and Paddle in Greensboro, North Carolina offers a wide range of products and services designed to help protect the environment and enhance the time people spend enjoying the outdoors. With an expansive year-round inventory of kayaks, sups, bikes, kayak fishing accessories, paddling clothing, biking accessories, and more, Get Outdoors has established itself as one of the top paddle sports and biking shops in the southeast. They also offer a wide range of kayak safety and technique courses to get you comfortable in your new boat. They'll even get it rigged up for you. Stop by the shop in Greensboro, North Carolina, or check them out at shopgetoutdoors.com. All right, so this week uh, we've got someone on the show that I was introduced to through uh, the Paddle and Fin Network. if you if you listen to the show um, regularly, you know that that Robert and I are podcast junkies, and there is seldom, there is seldom a time that uh, that paddle and Finn puts out an episode that one of us has not listened to. And um, Matt was on a few of them um, before he became one of the one of the hosts. Uh, so y'all remember whenever we had um, Brad Hicks on. And he he let out the really random and awkward uh, turkey call. Um, But uh, that was an awesome episode. Go back and listen to it if you hadn't listened to it. But uh, this time we've got Matt Souders in um, from Matt Souders Fishing and and the final cast. Uh, Brother, welcome
2: to the show. What's going on, fellas? How you doing?
0: Good,
1: good. So yeah, man, go ahead, introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us who Matt Souders is.
2: Uh, So, Matt Souders is a loser. No, I'm just joking. Um, So, my name is Matt Souders. Uh, I go by Matt Souders Fishing on Instagram, Facebook, all the social media things that I don't post to enough. Um, I'm a co-host with Brad Hicks on the final cast on the Paddle and Fit Network. Um, I'm a Marine Corvette, just living life, day at a time, trying to catch as many fish and hunt as many animals as I can. That's awesome, man. So, I wanted to...
1: I wanted to kind of go through the the process of you going from a semi-regular guest on uh the paddle and fin network to being one of the
2: hosts so what did that uh what did that process look like so it it kind of it like jumped out of nowhere it was it, it was surprising so i was on armando's show um well when was that For people out there who don't know, Armando is on the Paddle and Fin Network for the uh, Bass Kayaking Beer Show. Great show. Give it a listen. Um, When was I on that show? I couldn't tell you. It's been at least a year and a half. That was the first time. I think it was 2020. So maybe two years. I don't know. Um, That was the first show I was on. He asked me to come on to talk about, you know, how does kayak fishing, how did that help me transition out of the Marine Corps and deal with some of the stuff that I'm dealing with? And then Brad Hicks, my co-host on the final cast, I've been friends with him since I was, like, two. So we've grown up together. Um, he got into fishing. I took him, I remember I took him bank fishing one time to Caesars Creek. It's a lake over here by us. And uh, he was. we didn't catch anything. We basically went night fishing when I don't think we're allowed to night fish where we were at at Caesars Creek. But, I mean... DNR didn't come get us, so it's okay. And uh, it was me, him, and another buddy. And then he kind of got hooked after I went to the Marine Corps. And uh, he was running the final cast show. I was listening to it, and I texted him. I was like, "Dude, you should do a show on." It was a product. I can't remember what it was. And uh, he was like, "Well, my co-host can't be on this week. Do you want to jump on? Like, be as like a co-host slash guest?" I was like, "Yeah." So I jumped on. We talked about a couple things, and then. I wasn't on the show and then uh i was a guest for uh we were talking about like shimano products things like that because as everyone knows like my nickname in the paddle and fin group is the jdm lord because i anything and everything jdm like i have every rod that you see all these back here the ones that don't get you they still have shimanos on them i've got an slx sitting on the desk another slx sitting on the desk a Corado dc sitting on the desk they're just everywhere um so we were talking about JDM stuff, and then he messaged me, I think the next day, and he was like, "Hey, are we going fishing tonight?" Because we go fishing once a week on the river, and meet up after work. And I was like, "Duh, it's Thursday, man. We're I'm not gonna go home and not fish." So we met up, and he's like, "So, the co-host for the final cast, he was wanting to step away, deal with some family stuff, which was great. Um, Focus on himself. He was kind of getting burnout, which I completely can understand." Um, and he was like, Do you want to step in and be the co host? And I was, and like I said, it came out, I was on the show like three times and then out of nowhere, it's like, Hey, do you want to be the co host? And I was like, Yeah, dude, that'd be awesome. And it was right before our Dale Hollow trip. So I do one show and we talked a little bit before the show, but I was like nervous the whole time. Like I wasn't talking a lot. Uh, on our show, with it being a product show, we sh- share a lot of screens. I miss shared a screen my facebook popped up and i was like oh no and like canceled out of it like it was just it was a it was a cluster for me and i was uh you know and i, I it kind of kind of eased into it a little bit to where it's just more laid back i was more serious in it than i thought but went to dale hollow man and then ever since then everyone in the group accepted me they're like yeah you're a great ad and i was like i don't know how you think that because our first show sucked but that's fine <laughs> and uh it's just been it's been awesome since then man since about april of this year so over a two year period and three appearances, I jumped right into a show, which was dope. <laughs> awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh, actually, I just got, I just listened to one today and I don't even remember which one. I just, whatever the new episodes are, I just hit the first one. And uh, so I cut grass and do lawn care and landscaping. So I'm riding a mower most of the day. So yep. yeah, I just go to new episodes and hit play and it just skips to the next ones and all the ones I have uh subscribe to so um you know just like cam said we're we're both podcast junkies and, and we we listen to a bunch of stuff and um you know what are, what are some of your favorite ones obviously the paddle and fan ones but but what else have, what other ones do you enjoy listening to
2: so i'm a big fan of so i listen to meat eater almost religiously um Steven Ranella, in my opinion, is the best hunter on the planet. Uh, mostly because when he screws up and he tells you he screws up, or when he does something stupid, like you'll have a lot of these guys who do hunting shows and stuff, and he's like, he'll come out and be like, Well, I did it that way because of that. No, you did it that way because you messed up. Just say it. It's okay. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> like I fell out of a tree stand last year because I was an idiot. Like it happens. And, <laughs> but you know, I love listening to the meat eater podcast because, A, it, they don't just focus on the the hunting ones. Like my top two that I listen to have nothing to do with fishing, which is completely contradictory to like what I do ninety percent of the year. I mean, I have a dry suit. I fish in the winter, but I listen to the Meteor podcast, which is hosted by Steve Vernola and all his buddies, and then the Bear Grease podcast. Uh, and it's mostly for the simple fact that it's uh, it's not always hunting related. Like they'll do history, like the Bear Grease podcast. Clay just talks about random historical figures. Like he did a whole thing on, uh, uh, Lewis and Clark, like a four episode thing on Lewis and Clark. And it talked to historians and everything like, it's just, that's the stuff I'm interested in. And, uh, I'm still new to the podcast scene. Like other than meat eater. Um, I started listening. Once Brad got on your show, I started listening listen to your guys' show. And then it was, uh, the dark horse tackle company, their show has also nothing to do with fishing. They just talk about off the wall. Like they're talking about conspiracy theories one second and then politics the next sec- second. And then how, what they feed their dogs like Josh and them. They're just, they're, <laughs> they're just funny. And they, I've been a, a buyer of the boxes for a while. Um, but they sponsor our show now, but they, their show's awesome. and has nothing to do with fishing really, to be honest. But I was, uh, so I did long care too. And I was the audio book guy like I would read or listen to like 40 books a year. And I got into that in the Marine Corps. My first deployment was a Mew, which you go on a ship and you just stuck in a tin can with a 1000 other people for eight months. And you can only go to the gym so many times a day. And I ran out of music like the first week I was in there. So I downloaded like 40 audio books. And that just got me hooked. And I listened to like military sci fi stuff. So, like s- Space Marines, and just like I'm the nerdiest nerd when it comes to that. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm still in the audiobook craze, but I'm starting to get in a lot more deep into podcasts. And it's really like those four are where I'm around. And then I listen to all the Paddle and Fin Cat podcasts oh, when a yeah. new episode comes out. Because half the time, because we're all goobers on the Paddle and Fin side. So, half the time we'll jump in each other's shows. And I like just listening to the show so I can pinpoint when I jumped in a show. Cause you'll hear him laugh or something. Cause I won't actually like go on screen. I'll just drop in. I'll do something stupid and then I'll leave and you'll hear him laugh. That's the li- I just love that. It's hilarious, but they do it to us too. And then it makes me mad, but I do it to them. So it's, it is what it is. <laughs>
0: That's good stuff.
2: So yeah. Awesome.
1: Yeah, man, I, uh, I used to work. Uh, so, I worked at a, at a retail store and then I worked at uh, a church and then my house all three they were like all 30 minutes away from each other in a triangle um, yeah so I spent a lot of time in the car and before I started on podcasts uh, the audiobooks was something I burned Dude, through,
2: so. it makes driving so much better like I'm I mean I I, I listen to music all the time and I'm a, a I, so I listen to two genres which is weird again I listen to country old country new country sucks i listen to old, older country like 90s and 80s and i listen to uh, uh it's christian alternative metal and i listen to that and it's just like the band like i'll be honest half the bands now aren't christian like they used to be but it's still the same bands i'll listen to all that old stuff but i haven't listened to any music past or newer than like 2018. everything else is just old so i get tired of music because i've heard the same song 40,000 times but I can get a book and I can read a book for a week in the car. And every time I'm driving my truck or anything, mowing, I've got a book. It's new. And another, believe me, there's another book. Uh, I finished so far. I just got audible. Just gave me my little star. I finished 67 books this year so far, which is my new, like PB of books on Audible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: So Christian alternative metal. That's a little bit older. So is that, uh, wolves at the gate for today under oath.
2: Yes. Under oath, original devil wears Prada. Um, and fun fact, if you know anything about devil wears Prada, I grew up with all those dudes and used to see them at the small venue we had here in town. Uh, same with four today. I saw them when they were like super tiny and they opened for a band that like, dudes you didn't know who they were. And they were the opening band. Um, so yeah it's all that stuff like it's all old school way better than what's out now
1: absolutely all right man so um i've got to i've got to to ask and give you a little bit of a hard time <laughs> what was it that got you hooked on uh, on making sure that you spend more than 300 dollars on everything you want <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, See, what, that's what how you it? know you listen to the show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what was it that uh, that got you hooked on the JDM stuff, man? Uh A
2: 2015 Matanium Meta- DC. Uh, so my buddy was in the Marine Corps with me, and he was a big fisherman too. And he had, that's when you couldn't get JDM stuff here. And he was on eBay, and he spent like $500 on a reel. And I was like, dude, you're it, ridiculous. And I was throwing circa 2014. I still got it. Uh, Lose BB1 Pro. And I was like, this is just as good. And then I threw his reels like this, like sucks. And <laughs> so I went on eBay, bought one and it was downhill from there. Like I was buying like deployment money is a scary thing, especially someone who wasn't married because I, I lived in the barracks. My housing was paid for. I could go to the chow hall and eat somewhat edible food. And like I had free water, like I, the most expensive thing I had to buy was chewing tobacco gear when I lost it and Mountain Dew. That was about it, uh, so yeah, I was uh, like, I was getting eBay stuff to my barracks all the time. Like my first sergeant would come out and be like, "What do you buy from eBay?" Because of course the boxes say eBay and they're all in Japanese handwriting. I was like, uh, "It's fishing stuff." First sergeant, he's like, "You're dumb," and just walk away. I was like, "Yeah, I probably am, but I don't care." Uh, so that's what started it. But I'll be honest, man. What keeps me going back, and I'll stand by this to the day I die, and Josh from Dark Horse Tackle, if if you are listening, you're. Mad at me, and that's okay, and I don't care. Uh, Japanese stuff is a hundred percent better than 90 percent of the stuff that's made in the US, and it's only because they're about 10 years ahead of us, and technology and everything. Um, so yeah, that's why I just keep going back because it's they're just better stuff, and they look cool like Mega Bass stuff just looks cool. Like, you can't tell me this does not look cool, it's just a <laughs> popper and it's $19.99, and I bought it willingly, and I didn't feel bad about it. But I felt bad spending $7 on a six-cents catwalk. Like It just is what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. I like quality. I'm a buy-once buy once type of person. So buy I buy-once at once. once, it buy w- once. Exactly. exactly. Believe me, that's why I've got... And I'm a Browning dude. I've got a Maxis Wicked Wing. I've got a a5 sweet 16 for my dove gun i buy once and i cry once i never have to worry about it again it is i love it my wife hates it but <laughs> she bad. also buys cheap stuff from target and it has to buy the same thing six months later so who's the smarter one still probably not me but it's okay. <laughs> so it's <laughs> that's awesome man um
1: but. yeah i uh I had to had to make sure that I, I gave you a hard time about that because it, it does it, it it I don't know I guess the the first few episodes it was like that you were on there it was like yeah we get it we get it you like Shimano calm down yeah. buddy <laughs> yeah.
2: well it's still like that that's all I talk about but it's starting to get bad because I've kind of got so I'm with Douglas Rods this year and. I was with Megabass, not with them, but I just used Bass rods before, and these Douglas rods are light years ahead of Bass, in my opinion. Uh, I love them. They're awesome. But what sucks is you go down this rabbit hole, and you can't claw yourself back out because you just keep finding deals, which is what I do. I just find awesome deals. But I've got six combos sitting over there with the, ch- like the lowest end reel is a Bantam MGL, and I don't use them so now i see them and i'm like i'm so stupid like i've got 30 combos and i only use like four of them normally so i have a problem but the first step to fixing it is admitting it so
0: (laughs) at least you got the first step
2: down yeah i don't know if i'm gonna get to steps two through whatever but at least i got one i mean it's fine so (laughs) you uh you said you were on the bona fide team what are you fishing out of So my primary boat is a Bonafide P127 seven in Venom Green, and then which it was supposed to be my big water boat, my tournament boat, but it's become a I take it on every river trip because I can I can put the drive down 11 inches of water, so I just I I use it everywhere. Um, And then my river boat, I'll switch between an RS117 or an SS107. So it's technically my wife's boat, but I bought it for her. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've got the, um, the P-127 and then a SS-127 I had the SS-127 and then wanted to fish a few of the Hobies So I picked up the P-127 And uh, yeah, I found myself just always in the P-127 I don't feel like switching all the electronics back and forth So uh, I let my son fish out of the, the SS and, and then I fish out of the, the P-127 So I like it pretty good
2: yeah so we actually were we did i did p127 review on our show it comes out next thursday um and one of the questions brad asked me he was like because i was in his 127 a few times and did some trips in it i personally think the p127 without the pad pedals paddles better than the ss127 personally that's it do you find do you find that too yeah the the uh i like the p127
0: it does paddle better and uh Really, like I can stand up and fish out of the P-127 a lot easier than the SS-127. Um, yeah. So th- there's some pros pros to the P-127. Um, the only thing that I wish was different, but it, it's just not, the, the deck on the SS-127 is a little bit higher. So you have a little bit less water to deal with. Uh, i stay a little bit drier in the ss than the p127 but it's got to get down that low for the pedals to make the uh the turn
2: yeah no i and i like my biggest con i just wish i still had dry storage in front of me i obviously know why i can't and i wish it had a built-in cup holder like yeah the cup holders on the the cover for the the pedals and i fish it in rivers so when i hit a rock or something my my nalgene always like goes flying i lost it in the river i had to buy a new one which is annoying but my full nalgene's just in a eight foot eddy right now probably just sitting there with fresh water in it forever i'm never gonna get it back so that's like those are my only two gripes there's some other things i talked about but i mean overall i gave the boat eight and a half or nine out of ten like i think it's yeah i like it
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So um let's uh, sorry, I got the dogs in here with me and uh they um uh, they don't do anything quietly. Um well, of course. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, one I wanted to to say thank you for your service. Um I know you uh you served in the Marines uh and then if you, if you want to know his full story, I really highly suggest going and listen to that show with Armando on the vast guy and beers. Um, it's, it's a phenomenal episode. There's a reason it's one of, if not y'all's most listened to episode. Um, it is phenomenal. Um, but, uh,
2: yeah, I just, just found out about uh, that like two months ago, we were, <laughs> we were doing, uh, uh, a paddle and fin like after hours live show on brian's ryan and uh uh oh man my brain sucks um the og show on thursdays and uh we were doing an after hour show and me and brad were fishing so we were like coming in and out like because our cell signal sucks so as i was driving home we had it up and it was you know we were talking and armando said that like and this was a year, year and a half after the show. He's like, yeah, Matt, just so you know, I got a ton of messages. That's like the best show I've ever had. And I was like, well, I didn't know. And that was more like, uh, what's the word? It made me more speechless than like being part of Paddle and Finn and being, you know, like the viewer base liked me and all that stuff. Like I was more because that episode meant a lot because there's stuff on there that I don't talk about like outside of it unless you, unless I really know you or you explicitly asked me and I know you're going through the same thing. So that was like a harder show to do, but I'm really happy how it turned out. And Armando said it was, you know, a super well-received show. So
1: absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to, to dive into your, your faith side of things. Um, so, uh, kind of give us an idea of what your, your faith story is. Um, and kind of you know how that how that ties into your fishing
2: i gotcha. so uh i grew up in a southern baptist home my whole life had you know i have great parents great relationship with them, love them to death and they were super super involved in church my local church which we still go to um cornerstone baptist temple here in ohio then it was cornerstone baptist church but it's changed. Um, and i you know i grew up in a by the bible type of household um to where you know just like it, whether you're a by the bible household or not but you know the respect your parents you know and the, you know you go to i went to vbs every year and then junior camp and then senior camp and it was you know every summer was at every sunday morning sunday night wednesday night was at church you know, I was wearing khakis and on Wednesdays and Sundays, so Wednesdays, I got to wear khakis. Sundays. I was in a tie that I hated from the age of six to now. I hate wearing a tie. Like I had to be in a wedding in two, two and a half weeks. And I'm like, this is stupid. I have to wear a tie. Um, but so I grew up in that. And then I went to Christian schools my whole life um, from well, kindergarten all the way up to sophomore year. And then I went to a public school from there. Um, mostly because I was an—I just—I was an idiot. Uh, I was that rebellious, and I think it's a lot of a lot of church kids are especially like this. They always like—I always heard growing up the pastor's kid was always the worst kid in your youth group because I mean you're so it's it's not f- like forced down your throat, but you're so ingrained in it that you like. I just wanted to rebel because it was something different. So, by sophomore year, me and Christian schools weren't vibing. Uh, so. <laughs> And from there, I kind of fell out of church. Like my parents, we like I only went Sunday mornings. I wasn't going Sunday nights with them or Wednesday nights. They kind of didn't want to force it on me anymore. And I kind of, you know, I fell out a little bit. I moved out, got an apartment with Brad. Uh, And you know, I I doing what every eighteen year old idiot does, and was doing stupid stuff and just being an idiot and for a lack of a better word, I'm going to call myself that a lot in this story because I just, how I was. Um, And then uh, it was like that from about 18 to 21. When I joined the Marine Corps, mostly because I felt like my life was going nowhere. And I knew I was having conviction from the Lord to come back into, you know, the reason why you feel nothing is because you're not, you know, striving to, to better yourself, my word and spread the word, things like that. So I was like, well, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to join the Marine Corps. Uh, So I did, which was was the best decision I ever made because at boot camp for about six weeks of the 13, I was there every Sunday you get to go to church or you get to stay back at the barracks. So I stayed at the barracks and I just got smoked every Sunday morning, even though I wasn't supposed to get smoked by drill instructors, I got smoked anyway. And uh, so I was like, you know what, instead of getting smoked, I'll just go to church. And then I have an hour and a half of, away time so I went into it I just want this hour and a half break and about three weeks into that uh, conviction really started to hit I started getting a lot closer to God um, and boot camp and the Marine Corps really pushed me back into it Uh, but I had a different outlook on it uh, and I kind of went through this throughout the whole Marine Corps so when I got out of boot camp the only times I really went to organized church was when I was back visiting family Cause we'd go back to my church and see all the people I pretty much grew up with. And, you know, when I was visiting, but I didn't go to church when I was down, uh, in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, not too far from you. I went up to Raleigh a couple times. Um, and I kind of held, I, I basically held church with myself and I would, you know, throughout the week I'd read the good book or I would, uh, you know, take take time out. And that kind of evolved into, kind of what my faith is now to where i like to say my church the church i go to is the outdoors so i i live stream a service from a local church that i know like the pastor of or even my church every sunday because i usually fish sunday mornings um and i live stream when i'm out on the river by myself um and i listen to church and i i feel Like it's really a, the outdoors have helped me with a lot of things. I I can kind of decentralize from all my problems I've got going on in life because as adults, obviously, you know, you have the house to worry about, family to worry about, and especially as men, because, you know, no one, we don't ever get to talk about any of our major problems. We just bottle it up. And I said it today, we just bottle it up till we're 60 and then we have a heart attack and then everyone cares about us. Uh, That's just, that's how it is, unfortunately. Um, But I can kind of get out of everything and really just focus on, A either what the sermon i'm listening to is what the pastor's talking about or if i'm not live streaming i can kind of just think you know what did I, i i typically use sunday as my refresh day so i you know what did i do wrong this week what can i do better um you know how can i how can i share the word which that's been my biggest thing like growing up every wednesday before church we had visitation to where they pack all the youth group kids up in a tiny short bus and you go out to a neighborhood and you pass tracks out, talk to people. And I always sucked at that. I just, I hated talking to people. I felt like I didn't know what I was talking about. Um, So I've been working on that too. But like my faith story really, it's been a lot of roller coasters, which I would, I think a lot of people's faith stories like that. I mean, you look at Paul who was a persecutor and then he became one of the greatest warriors in Christ that (laughs) was in the Bible. Um, So it's been a, it's been a major roller coaster. And I think, you know, that's just your journey is always going to be a roller coaster, and you just have to have a, a way to be able to get back into it and get back on the path. So,
1: absolutely, that is awesome. Um, so, so whenever you're out, um, whenever you're out fishing or, or hunting or out in the outdoors and you're, you're live streaming, um, you know, uh, a lot of people won't view that as church
2: oh i know yeah um, i mean i've i've been told that <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> what is i guess i guess the the correct question is what is church to you then
2: church to me is ex- it's how i look at it so church in the bible it can be anywhere it doesn't have to be in a building it doesn't have to be major you know a major religion it's whenever Two or more people are gathered together to talk about the Lord or pray to the Lord. That, that's church. That just, it says it in the Bible. Um, so how I look at it when I'm live streaming, there's other people live streaming with me for various reasons. I know another guy who live streams the same services I normally do doesn't go for the same reason I do. I just can't. I don't like being around a ton of people at one time. Um, now, do I think I'm going to walk into church and something's going to happen? I Deep down, I know. Yeah, probably not going to happen. But, there's a chance and my brain just won't stop. I won't, I can't focus on the sermon because I'm always looking over my shoulder, or, you know, something's caught my eye and I can't stop focusing on it. So, um, I look at it as church because there's other people who are like me who are doing the same thing. And then at the same time, I also view it as there are certain circumstances to where you can't be in that organized religion, uh, uh, not scenario, but environment. To where, you know, there's a reason, you know, you can't go. You know, maybe you have to work every Sundays, you know, because while we were based on a Christian nation and everyone had Sundays off, that doesn't happen that way anymore. And some people don't have an option. Like I have to work every other Sunday. It, it's how it is. I can't get the days off or I just won't work there. And I, it's just not an option right now. So, um, you know, I think if your church can be different for everybody, church isn't the same. As it was now, if it was, you know, 1883 and everyone had Sundays off because it was the day of rest and you had evangelists running around the country holding sermons for 12 hours with 40,000 people and everyone who worked was fine with you being there. That was a different time. Church has kind of evolved and I think you know, it has to continue to evolve if we're going to continue to be able to, you know, witness and get the word out because unfortunately which I've heard a couple of your guests have said that unfortunately large organized religion has kind of shut off a lot of people to the Lord and Jesus Christ and what he did for us for the simple fact that they've been slided in some way because they went to a bad church or they wasn't even a bad church, but they met a person there who was nasty and it's just, they don't want to go back. So I think we have to continue to evolve to change the, what church is defined as to where it's open-ended as long as it ends with learning the word of Jesus Christ or, you know, studying it, things like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a great point. And I'm probably a touch older than both of you guys. And when, when I, you know, 15 years ago, me and my wife worked in the restaurant business and, and it was the same, same way. I mean, it was before we had kids, we both worked every Sunday because that's one of the busier days in the restaurant business. And then once we had kids, one of us would take off Saturday. The other one would take off Sunday. So we would rotate each weekend. And it was the same. It's, it's hard to get plugged in to, you know, something that's happening every week. And that was before live streaming. Uh, you know, so even if you were trying to go every other Sunday, you were by yourself with the kids. And and then you would miss this sermon. And the sermon's always most of the time build on each other. Um, Yeah. And so I'm glad that, uh, you know, the the church that I go to, they live stream too. And if for some reason we miss, there's that option of just turning that on. Um, But, but as I've gotten older and the, the jobs have changed, the kids are older. One thing that I do love about going to church is the interaction of, it used to be called Sunday school. It's not that way anymore. We do a community group and it, we, we rotate people's houses and it's like you said earlier about, you know, you're not supposed to talk about those things. And and then you just, you know, keep it bottled up and you have a heart attack at 60. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that's not the case, but uh, you know, those community groups, those community groups, um, you know, a lot of times there'll be the four or five families and the kids will go upstairs and, A lot of times we'll sit together with women. Sometimes we'll break into two different groups, and uh, you know that can be super helpful in getting some of those things out there uh, with some people that that are trusting. And uh, so that's the one thing, really, in the last I would say seven years that's really helped me grow and and helped me, you know, get a lot of that stuff out there and not hold as much in as that community group. And, um, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, sometimes you'll find that on the water with, with some of these fishing groups, Uh, uh, you know, Matt Ball before the Hobie BOS is, he is getting a group of people together and, you know, they're, they're talking about faith. So there are these pockets in all of these clubs and, um, you know, Queen city, they, they do the prayer before, um, before the tournaments cam does a prayer call before the before our club's tournaments and uh you know so you know it may not be that you're walking through those church doors every sunday but if you're in the word and then you're sharing those those moments and, and faith journey with some some other people around you it may be on the water sometimes that's as much or more beneficial than than walking through those church doors so any way you can get it done Oh Absolutely.
1: yeah, hundred percent agree. And I think something that's special about those groups um, too is, uh, like, the uh, you know Central Carolina kayak fishing or you know, Matt Balls group or whatever. You've got a a group of people who are all from various denominations and walks of life and and worldviews and things. And um, I think one thing that is uh, I understand why it is, but something that is, is not necessarily, I don't want to say dangerous or, or um, detrimental, but it, it's getting to the point of, of those two things in the churches. We have so many denominations and, and groups of of people that uh, we tend to do church with people that believe the exact same thing we do. And we don't, we don't do a whole lot of growing that way. Um, so, uh, one of the things that's special about these these groups um, of of getting people together that all have different views on different things, uh, whether it be um, something like baptism. Um, one one denomination uh, like he believes that uh, he believes that he should baptize babies and do it by sprinkling, and this guy believes that immersion after after salvation is is where where that lies and you know whenever we can get together and talk about those things instead of um you know um yeah when instead of sticking to um i believe this and you believe the same thing i do so i'm going to hang out with you um we it ends up being kind of stagnant and um and yeah so uh, definitely something that's that's special there.
2: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I 100% agree with that. I, how I like to say it is: you go to church, and no one take this comment as me saying the Bible's bad. The Bible's the best book's ever been written. Uh, it's, it was written with holy conviction, so everything in it has a reason. You can read it 400 times, and you'll get something new every time you read it. But when you go to church, you can you can hear about the story of Jonah so many times. You can you can hear about you know a, a certain sermon that you know they I I think I've heard and been my my pastor was at the hospital when I was born he's you know so I was the point me his his grandson and another one of my buddies we were the point of half of his sermons at some points you know and I, I go to a larger church there's I mean we have upwards of a thousand people on Sundays so growing up as a teenager. Everyone knew who Matt Souter, Zach Smith and Mason Siler were because we were always in the sermon at one point because I was over at his house and I was I didn't listen. And I shot Mason in the eye with a Nerf gun and that was because I didn't listen to Pat. You know, I mean, it was always something. But when you get in those groups and you can really talk to other people about certain views, even if your religions are are similar but different in certain aspects, you can kind of see a different they're taking this part of the Bible a little bit differently or, you know, you can get a different view on it. So, yeah, I 100% agree with what you said, Cam. It's, it's a great way to grow, kind of, you know, open those conversations up. I will say I'm, I also kind of hate those conversations because I don't know how to approach it certain times. Like, I believe baptism after salvation. And if someone, you know, says I'm the very I'm the type of person who's like, well, it's America. I, went to the, I fought for a reason. You can believe what you want to believe. I'll believe what I believe. I'm not going to not be your friend. But it's some of those conversations Like I don't want to get into for the simple fact that I was like, I don't really know if you're going to change my mind here. So why are we talking? It's the same with politics. I don't talk to anybody about politics because this is rude. And everyone's allowed to have their own opinion. I just don't care what yours is. And <laughs> like, it's just how, how it, there's no point in talking about it because you're not going to change my mind. Which I've been, I've had my foot in my mouth a couple times with that, but you know, I just some of those times I just don't know how to approach those conversations. So that's that's one thing I wish I could get better at because sometimes it's very awkward. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> man. Yeah, man. So there are a couple questions that uh, that we always ask every guest, um, and uh, I, and I, I apologize to you and to anyone watching the video. I keep looking off screen here, and the the baby monitor is there, and I keep. Looking over to check on him. But um, uh, but yeah, so uh, what fishing story or memory means the most to you, Matt?
2: Uh, I've got a few. Uh, one of the better memories I have actually happened earlier this year. Uh, my dad, he travels for umpires. So he's an umpire. He does uh, Division One college softball from February to about May down in Florida. And uh I mean he's he always gets like he does all the the championships down there for the division 1 stuff. I mean he always texts me he's like, "Oh, I've got Ohio State versus Illinois today or something, you know, all these it's it's softball, which as someone who during the summer me and my dad run softball tournaments up here and I used to be as a baseball guy who was going to college to play and I was like, "But softball's just curls. That's just what it is." Now, no, I've tried to hit a couple of those eighteen U pitchers. Yeah, it didn't go. It didn't go in what I thought it would go. <laughs> when I was hitting like a three twenty in high school, hitting you know D one commits and been like, yeah, it's fine. No, nah, a rise ball's scary, scarier, and I'll get out. Uh, but he was down there and he got. Uh, he was sick for a little bit, but he's he's my dad. It, he would have been the perfect. Marine himself and he was never in, but he'll, he'll push through anything. He'll never tell you anything's wrong with him because he's like most dads. He's not going to tell you, your son, what's going on with him, if he's hurting or anything. But he was going and one morning he woke up and about passed out. His guy he was rooming with, thank God, didn't have a game that day, um, took him to the hospital and he was diagnosed with severe diverticulitis uh, to the point they said if he was another day, he there's a good chance he could have went septic and, you know, like diverticulitis if you don't know what it is for listening look it up it's a nasty thing that if you don't get taken care of it's life-threatening so I found out about that and I was like okay well you're not driving home because he drives down and drives back I was like there's no way you're making it home so he was in the hospital for about two weeks lost about 20 pounds and then me and my mom I took work off me and my mom flew down there but I of course I had to bring a little bag of plastics. And because I'm going to Florida for four days while my dad's still recuperating. And I had to bring a reel. So I I got down there. My dad was better. Still weak, but he said it was mostly like the doctor said you're weak, probably because you've been in the hospital for two weeks. You're taken care of. You know, you just can't eat sunflower seeds anymore and peanuts for a while and greasy foods, which he ate pizza the day I was there. So he still just doesn't care. And and, uh, so he was like, yeah, I'm fine, you know you you and your mom you go you're in florida you do what you want so of course my mom wanted to go to disney springs one day because she's a disney nut so we went there one day but the first day first thing i did i got down there made sure he was okay about three hours later i was like hey i gotta go to bass pro to get a rod it's like what do you mean i was like i brought a reel i brought plastics i gotta go get a rod so he's like okay so i went and i bought a rod at, at the bass pro in Orlando. Got back a little pond that was in the housing area he was staying at and i caught like three or four largemouth. i got way too close to an alligator to feel comfortable and then i went back and then he's like the next day he's like my dad's never been a big outdoors guy he doesn't hunt he gets mad when i shoot a deer or a duck or a dove like he doesn't care he hates that i kill all of them and he doesn't fish we did when i was younger but it was just because i think he wanted me to not bug him about stuff and uh he came out with me the next day and this is another joy of the dc technology from japan my dad's never thrown a bait caster and i had a uh, lipless square or lipless crankbait tied on and he came out with me hot day you can tell he was struggling a little bit but he took my rod. he's like i'm gonna cast it so he casts it and he's reeling it back doesn't get a fish and it's like i mean it's it's 100 degrees it's hot like i'm i'm not i wouldn't be surprised if i don't catch anything cast it again doesn't get a fish and uh he gave it back, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll watch you." And the next cast, I caught a largemouth on it, and I was like, "Yeah, I was cast the same spot you were casting." And that's like that's it sits in my brain now. Um, there's a lot of stuff. My head has hit the top of a humvee going. Uh, if you will listen to the show, you know I like to say mock Jesus a lot. Or choice. So I mean, it hit the top of a humvee really hard. So I'll be honest, a lot of my memories, it sucks. I can get pieces of them. Like growing up fishing I, I remember where we went to fish and i remember my dad taking a bluegill off the hook but i can't remember the rest of the memory it's, it's bad but that that's easily probably one of my best memories because i got to fish with my dad as an adult when you know it's a great hobby and i send him all my pictures now every time i catch a fish it will be at church and i'll be like yeah pastor made a great point and i'll text him and be like yeah and then i'll send him a picture of a smallmouth i caught why he made a great point it's like he made such a great point smallmouth jumped on my boat and, you know it's just it's that's awesome to be able to share you know that because baseball was our thing and sports and obviously i got old and college didn't work out because again i was an idiot so um so yeah that's that's definitely the best fishing memory that i've had recently that's awesome
1: yeah, yeah. go ahead
2: robert Oh, I was
0: just, uh, just, you know, it's it's one thing, you know, a lot of people will be like I when I was a kid and fishing with my dad. And that's one of my, you know, my favorite memories is, is fishing with my dad. And, um, you know, sharing that as an adult, you know, when when you guys didn't do it that much, that that, that makes it even better. So that, that was a good one. Yeah, what about when, when you're uh, – go ahead, Cam.
1: Uh, I was going to say um, – I. I almost lost my dad to diverticulitis back in, uh, back, yeah, man. I, I guess I was fourth or fifth grade. Um, and, you know, he, he had stomach issues and just wouldn't go to the doctor, wouldn't go to the doctor, wouldn't go to the doctor. And, um, whenever he finally did go to the doctor, it was like, you know, you, you had a matter of hours, like, yeah. of your, um, so, um, definitely, uh, definitely understand, uh, understand that. And I definitely understand the um, like the recovery, and I uh, gotta make sure. I, I remember had Daddy ordering stuff with a, like ordering a burger with two bottom buns because he couldn't have the <laughs> sesame seeds. Um,
0: yeah.
2: So. yeah, it's see my dad like they told him like no greasy food, no sesame seeds, no peanuts. So this guy he he eats a pizza. Heck, so we took two days to get home. Normally, I just I drive straight through. He's done it before, but he's like, I just can't sit in the car that long. And I was like, well, it's because you don't have a truck. It's not comfortable, but it's it's fine. So I had to dig at him a little bit, which I think I almost talked him into getting his first truck in his whole life. We'll see. It's a Ford Maverick, but I'm gonna take it. Um, so we stopped in Atlanta. Or no, we stopped at a gas station, a Casey's down there or something. I think it was at a Casey, I don't know. It was gas station pizza. So he comes out with a slice eating it. I was like, "You're not supposed to eat that." I'll be fine. But then we go to Culver's and he wants a sandwich. He's like, "I can't have any sesame seeds." I was like, "You just ate a gas station pizza pizza. Like it has more grease than like all of Pizza Hut combined, man. Like, but you're worried about the seeds." He's like, "Yeah, that's way worse." I was like, "What? What doctor did you talk to? Like, is this the guy from The Simpsons or something? Because he doesn't sound smart." Uh I will say there's another memory because my wife likes to peek in on some podcasts. She doesn't listen to my show, but she listens when I'm on other people's shows. My wife has not caught a fish since she was with her dad. Her dad passed away when she was, oh, well, I hope she doesn't listen because I can't remember. I think 14, 12 or 14 in there somewhere. But she fished with him. He was a me and my buddy, and I'm not, this is all jest. I mean, me and my buddy like to poke fun at cat fishermen. 'Cause we're like, yeah, you just cast out there and you wait. Like that's not fishing, that's waiting and reeling. But so I poke fun that I like if if her dad was around I'd be like, Yeah, he's just a cat fisherman, just what it is. And you know, but she hadn't caught a fish, so I got that SS107 for her. So she would go out with me, and the first time I take her out, <clears throat> she refuses to learn to use a spinning reel. She refuses to throw a bait caster. So she rocks. I think it's still back here somewhere. She rocks a Shakespeare push button, uh, and I took her out, and I put a little EWG, and I put a little Kytec on it, and uh, it wasn't even a Tech. I didn't want to risk her ruining a Kytec, so I put a Big Bites bait swimmer on it, and it's in this pond that has largemouth in it, good-sized largemouth, bluegill and stuff. I was like, maybe she, you know, just throw that, throw those lilies right on the edge, and the largemouth come up and destroy that, which it's true i don't know what test line that is i thought she's gonna get a fish it's just gonna break off because it's it's shakespeare ugly stick combo so probably has four pound like suffix on it or something and uh i'm fishing over here caught a fish she's mad so she goes away from me because whenever she hasn't caught a fish in the whole time i've known her so like 11 years and uh i'm over here facing away from her in the p127 get used to the pedals and like you know understanding that a pedal drive's not going to turn on a dime. So I'm like, this thing doesn't even turn. Like I was mad. And then it worked out great once I figured it out. And uh, I just hear, babe. And that first thing I thought of is like, there's so many water boxes in this pond. I guarantee you there's a snake swimming at her and I'm not going to get there in time because I have to pedal through lily pads. And so I pull the pedal up immediately and I look back and she's, her rod is bent over. Like I was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? She's like, I got a fish like freaking out. It's like, don't horse it. She's like, what's that mean? I was like, just 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 play with it. And she's just sitting there doing this, is going around. And she pulls up a fish Ohio 14 and a half inch crappie. And it is sitting about that far off her tip. That's how much line she left out. She's like, yeah, I got it. And I was like, put it back in the water, like yelling, like screaming across this pond, get over there. <laughs> and I pull, I, I get it by the lip and I take the hook out. I was like, you got to hold it. She's like, no. I was like, you're holding the fish. So she holds it and she's like, oh, it's not that bad. And it had a slime coat on it. And she was like, this is so gross. I was like, well, I got to get a picture for the gram. So I took a picture and then we got a slow motion release video, which that video got 40,000 views, which was insane. It's probably just because my wife was in it. It was a my ugly mug, but whatever. (laughs) But yeah, that's another great memory. Both my memories happened within the last eight months. And it's awesome. I love it. Yeah.
1: So that's funny. My, uh, my dad's reel of choice is a Zebco 33. So, and he outfishes I tell you what, every time we fish.
2: And I'll tell you, a Zebco 33 will outlast us. Especially the ones like I still have. The one I had as a kid, it's sitting right over there. And I guarantee you, all I have to do is put one little dab of this reel butter on it, and it'll be good for another 20 years. I don't understand. They they should never change the design because now they break all the time. But those are tanks. Yeah, I was
1: getting ready to say once... Uh, I don't want to bash brands but once they got bought out by you know who that's a uh,
2: pure fishing I'll bash them because they own everybody now and everything oh, they buy sucks do they, uh, do they own quantum because <laughs> that's who bought they, Zepco. <laughs> they owe yeah no pure fishing owns quantum abu shakespeare ugly stick zebco equal claw which is why all their hooks suck and rust immediately because they don't have a coating on them anymore because it costs too much money uh, I run a pop product show and I bash companies all the time it's how it is if you want to on a show the final cast is where you're at because I don't care uh, who else they own a couple they own Suffix now which is why you see their 8 uh, the 832 and the 131 are the only 8 strand braids they have anymore all the other braids that were 8 strand are now 4 or 6 because it costs too much money and why 832 jumped up to like $28 a spool instead of 21 so yeah pure fishing ruined American fishing. There you go.
0: That, that might be the clip for this week. Just that little <laughs>
2: thing right there. <laughs> my little, my, my, I just, see, it's like Brad will get like, we go on rabbit hole rants all the time. That has nothing to do, like the show, the P127, we went on like four rabbit holes that had nothing to do with kayak fishing at all. Like yeah. one was, a I was talking about hunting. Uh, I think Brad was, Brad was talking about What was he talking about? Like we were talking about the drink of choice, like Mountain Dew or water or something. Cause I don't drink water. I drink Mountain Dew like all the time. It's all I drink. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. So I'll go on those little rants and it's great. It's even better when guests are on the show that are like important. And I go on a rant about a completely different thing. And they're like, (laughs) all right. I mean, okay. So, (laughs) oh yeah.
0: So, we get back to the, uh, the next question. Uh, when you're out on the water, what is, what's your normal conversation? What are you talking about with, with some guys out on the water?
2: So, typically, I pretty much fish with the same core of guys every weekend or during the week. We all meet up after work on Thursdays or Tuesdays. Then we'll go on a float Saturday or Sunday because we don't fish big bodies of water. We just fish our rivers here. Um, and at the very littlest case, it's me and Brad. So we've got to the point to where when we get on the water, we'll point out, I'll say, oh, dude, that looks really good over there. We got to we gotta eddy up and fish this spot. Or I'll start catching fish like Saturday. I, I caught the first fish on a jig. And Brad's like, jig? I was like, yep. Caught the next fish on a jig. And he was like, what color are you throwing? And I showed him everything. So we're, I'm talking about lure choices. Um, and I like to take guys who are new to fishing and kayak fishing in general out. So I'll actually give like little hip pocket classes like, hey, what are you throwing? Well, I'm throwing this, you know, perch color. We have no perch in our rivers. I'm throwing this perch colored crankbait. And I was like, cool, man, that's the wrong bait to throw. Do you have like a sexy shad crankbait or a shad crank? Like I'm, I'm talking about that stuff. And then uh, I'll talk about the lunch that I've brought. I'm a big, big talker about whatever lunch I brought or Stacy brought or made for me, my wife, Stacey. She's her, whatever she makes me is always elaborate. And I always bring tortillas and peanut butter and I don't make them here. I just put them in a cooler and then I make it when I'm on the water because it's easy and it tastes delicious. Uh, So yeah, it's all, it's just like the show. It's all over the place. I'll be talking about like on Sundays when Brad, I'll, I'll say, Hey, this was just in the service. And then five minutes later, I'll say, dude, I could go for a, like a McDonald's like sandwich right now. Like a breakfast. Like it's just I'm the most scattered blank brain dude. When I'm out there, it's not even funny. So
0: uh, good. that makes it interesting for sure. No. Oh yeah. Well, we also have the uh a what's your favorite uh segment. And uh, so I'll start that.
2: And uh
0: the first on what's your favorite, what's your favorite scripture?
2: Uh growing up it was Jesus wept. In James uh, because it was easy and it was short and I could always answer it. Um, and as cliche as it is, my favorite scripture will always be john 316. It's the tried and true, you know, for God's so right. love the world, he gave his only son. I mean, it, it gives you the exact plan of salvation and why it happened in one verse. It's pretty straightforward. And I love it because it's the easiest icebreaker because even if the people aren't religious, they know john 316. Yeah, either either they saw Tim Tebow wearing it on some I'm black uh, when he's playing for Florida and they looked it up or they've seen it in TV shows or something. They know what it is. Um, So I love that verse because it's 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 straight into. Yeah, yeah, it's universal for everybody. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Awesome. What's your favorite Bible story if you had to just pick one?
2: If I had to pick one, I would pick Saul to Paul pretty much that whole that whole the whole story from Saul to Paul for the simple fact that I I take a lot of pieces of it for my own life because for a long time the difference is I wasn't you know growing up I was all about it and then I fell out of it real bad Um, but you know I, I was when I was out of it I would, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I would persecute, you know, guys. Oh, you go to church still every Sunday. You're 18 years old. You don't need to do that. You can do what you want. You're an adult. You don't need to go just because our parents, especially guys I went to church with, because I'd be like, hey, man, you want to come out Sunday? Oh, I'm going to the, you know, the Bengals are playing the Browns and I got tickets because I'm a Browns fan. Don't make fun of me. Um, And uh, I'd be like, dude, I got, I got tickets. We're going. And he's like, dude, I can't, I got church. Dude, you're 18. You don't need it. So I would persecute um, or I would poke fun and, you know, and so I really take that, that story to heart because I, I, I kind of lived it. Not to the extent, you know, I wasn't, I don't think it's, it's weird. Cause I hate saying like, oh yeah, I really take, I take pieces of that because I live that, but I didn't live that, but I did in right. my own mind. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, let's see your favorite fish to catch. So they've, they've already, they've, you've already got the bite. And you're reeling it in. What, what's your favorite fish to fight or catch?
2: Smallmouth bass. It is the best fighting fish in the United States, other than a peacock. A peacock will give it a run for its money. But smallmouth bass, all day long.
0: Yeah, I, I like that one, too. Um, so, now kind of go to the flip side of that. What's your favorite fish to fish for? So, so before you're catching it, you know.
2: Uh, same. Same still smallmouth bass um we've got a lot of largies in our lakes and stuff here and then we got some on the river i will say a river largemouth is super fun because they're super spread out up here like it's not common so when i get one it's i'm fighting it they fight like smallmouth because they're in the river they're usually not huge but they fight like they're bigger so when you see that green fish come out of the river you're like oh this is awesome but yeah smallmouth basses if i could fish for one fish the rest of my life and someone put me in a cabin on lake oneida or you know in wisconsin it was a smallmouth only i would i wouldn't be upset i'd catch them for every every day every second and be happy about it
0: yeah i'm always intrigued when the when they get to the northern swings on the on the all the circuits and you know because you don't in the south you don't get to fish like that you don't you don't have the big water there are some smallmouth, but usually you're having to travel for them um and there's never been any that's been super close to where I've lived at. Um, mm-hmm. But that's always intrigued me and uh, just watching those guys. And now even with the, you know, you got the live scope and they're sitting there and they're live scoping them. And, you know, they're really figuring out what makes them tick. And it's it's just it's intriguing to me to sit and watch those guys catch those uh, big lake smallmouths.
2: Oh, yeah. That's a whole different breed from a river smallmouth, too. Those smallmouth yeah. act different, want different things. They're more. Some of them, the river smallmouth are more aggressive, but the big smallmouth are more ambush uh, characteristic. It's awesome. So, yeah,
0: cool. Uh, what about to eat? What's your favorite fish to eat?
2: Uh, so I don't eat fish, uh, right. and uh, now I don't. I don't go out and target. So I will. I'll take it back. I'll eat crappie every second of every day, and I'll eat deep fried catfish all the time. But. I don't target crappie and I don't target catfish. If I get a catfish on the line, I'd rather just cut my line. I hate having them in my boat because they're slimy and disgusting. Yeah, they and do they don't fight. Nasty. Yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah I'm just not about it, but I will eat crappie. If someone brought me a plate, I'm not going to say no. And tilapia. I'll eat tilapia. Um, but I don't target them um, ever. If I catch them, I'll put them back every time. I don't keep fish. And if you listen to the show, brad will always say some stupid joke he's like yeah i ate a bunch of smallmouth," and i'll just say shut up because it just <laughs> it just makes me mad uh, yeah. it, it's a game fish you're not supposed to eat bass i understand people do but i don't know it's just i'm just not about it so <laughs>
0: I'm with you so you talked about uh you know you talked about your lunch earlier that your wife makes you what what about your snack what's your favorite fishing snack
2: my favorite fishing snack is two things. So it for a long time, it's been the snackables, or no, the Smucker's snackable, like peanut oh, yeah. and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't I can't remember what they're called, but I love those things. Those things are a snack, and you get four or five of them, they're a meal. and yeah. uh, But lately, uh, it's changed. Have you... Have you seen Uncrustables? That's yeah, what it is. I yeah. love those things. The, the strawberry ones. I can't find them in my Kroger here, so I have to go to like Sam's Club and buy the giant boxes of them, but it's fine because I eat them all. <laughs> um, or uh, it's new, at least that I've seen it. Pop-Tarts have little bite-sized Pop-Tarts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I just those.
2: found those a week ago, yeah. and I buy them in every gas station I see them, yeah. and I buy the packs at Kroger now. And that's like my go-to snack. Like I just have two of them on either side of the boat and i just grab one i'm ready and i'll eat the whole thing and then dump it in my mouth and then 20 minutes later i was like man that was really good and i'll get the other one and then i won't have a snack the rest of the day because i eat it within the first hour i'm out there that's the worst thing when you're sitting there eating something and i I actually did
0: it with a sandwich today i stopped back by the house and made two peanut butter jelly sandwiches and i i ate one before i ever got back outside to the truck and i went back outside to the truck and i'm driving down the road and i'm like I swear I didn't eat both of those sandwiches. And it's like, you know, you sit there, especially when I'm fishing, I do it all the time. You know, I'll reach back in the cooler and get something and eat it. And I'm like, oh, man, that was good. Reach back, get another one. And then you reach back and it's like, damn, all my stuff is gone. I'm like, did I eat all that? Because I, I don't even remember eating it all. And then when it's gone, I'm like, oh, my gosh.
2: So here's, here's what I do now to fix that problem. My go-to, like, meal cause it's easy is I'll bring a big jar of Peter Pan peanut butter smooth and a whole thing of flour tortillas and a knife. And I could eat, I mean, those flour tortillas, I get the ones that are like that big, the six inches or uh-huh. five inches. I get a hundred of them. And that peanut butter, I mean, I'll eat, I've ate like Saturday, eight, nine huh. just because it was there. And I, I love peanut butter. So yeah, yeah I was, that's, that's how I solved the problem.
0: Uh, that, that works. I may try that. Uh so what about body of water what's your favorite body of water to fish?
2: Uh favorite body of water I fished in my whole life uh would be Lake Okeechobee in Florida. Uh I know it's not a smallmouth body. Like smallmouth body or a body of water I would want to fish the rest of my life would probably be either Dale Hollow or uh uh, uh Lake oneida Those two would be awesome cuz they're full of smallies and they're Huge, but Lake Okeechobee is a special place in my heart because I got my PB largemouth, it's a 12 and a half pound largemouth I got out of there. Um, I'm never going to beat that again, just how life is, unless I go to California or stay in Florida for a month. But uh, I'll yeah, give 12, you three.
0: 12 yeah. and a half is, is pretty tough.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a good fit. Like, I've yeah, caught a great. couple. You know, I could, a five here is like a 10 plus down south in Ohio because right. we just don't have big fish. So I've caught a couple fives and been like, oh, it's cool. And I've caught a nine down south and that's awesome, but I'm not going to beat a 12 and a half, yeah, which is probably why I like I like brown fish better than green fish right. because I still have a chance to beat the green yeah, fish. I'm be, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting on 9 1, but uh, not a 12 and a
0: half. That's, that's a once in a lifetime right there. Oh. Yeah,
2: it was special. And what sucks is I was on leave from the Marine Corps, went down there with my buddy, fished, caught it. It was the picture was on my phone. This was before iCloud was a thing. I had an Android, went back, got in my kayak, and I fished some of the new river that runs through Jacksonville. And a a big old gator was coming up on me, and I freaked out and started paddling real fast. And I didn't have my my phone tethered, my Android, and it plopped right out and right, right in the water. And I didn't send the picture to anybody. It's it's that phone with that picture is corroding yeah. away right now in a river in Jacksonville, North Carolina. So, yeah, it sucks.
0: Yeah, it sucks so,
2: so bad. Um, but I've got it in my brain. That's the one memory that didn't go away. So,
0: there you go. what about, what's your uh, favorite time of the year? If you had to pick a time of the year? Fall.
2: Yeah. It's, Fall, it's gets always that top water bite topwater bite the smallmouth especially are so much more aggressive they're starting to eat and i mean they're just as aggressive not more than they are during the spring um so they're one to eat everything you can go out and catch numbers and catch good fish all the time so yeah fall definitely fall yeah and then uh last but not least
0: favorite lure
2: oh that changes um favorite lure that if I knew I could throw it year round and catch fish on it is the jerk bait. Um, Okay. Like I said, I'm the JDM guy. I throw nothing but mega bash vision one tens. I've got two boxes full of them, which is a lot of money in two boxes of jerk baits, but I will throw those. If I could throw them in the middle of summer and catch fish on them consistently, I would. But uh, right now my favorite bait would probably have to be the jig masters finesse jig. With a uh, Nico crawl on the back of it. Um, Uh, And if you haven't checked out that finesse jig for either of you, it's the same size as a normal jig. So it's not super finessey. It's got a finesse skirt on it, but it's got a EWG hook with a screw lock in the head. So you can 100% Texas rig almost your bait, make it uh, completely weedless and throw in whatever slop you want. hmm. And it's awesome.
0: I'll have to check that out. I was on there uh jig master site today i think it was today or yesterday looking at stuff
2: yeah the uh, finesse jig is is bomb it's choice
0: well we, we were about to go into the hunting segment of the faith and fishing podcast but i see cam has rejoined so I, I guess we'll have to save that for another time <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's muted
0: yeah Unmute, there you go
1: there we go yeah uh I was gonna say you can go for it man but worry yeah. <laughs> about that i I fully expected to be to be called away because the baby was crying, not because the dog peed on the bed behind me
0: <laughs> <laughs> well
1: but so we've got uh we've got two dogs and one of them uh lived outside for the first year that she was uh, she was alive before we adopted her and she never fully got the hang of, of potty training. The other dog, most well potty trained dog I've ever seen, she rings a bell when she has to go outside. Like, she, yeah. she's scared. who knows what she's doing? But the other one, she, she holds it until she can't. And then she'll go outside and get distracted by a toad or a squirrel or something. And then come <laughs> back inside, run upstairs, jump on the bed pee and then come down like all guilty and like sit at your
0: feet like yeah with their head down
2: <laughs> yeah. oh man yeah i've got it's it's funny because the same thing i was we got a golden retriever here in ohio and me and stacy got married went down south helped my buddy find a dog i found a husky wolf mix that was getting rehomed he had lived outside his whole life he was two i uh, know he's one when we got him same same thing and he's the same way like to the point now, he's fine. Like last year, he was doing that. Like he'd go outside. He's not a typical husky. He doesn't. He doesn't. He just doesn't yell. Well, he does now because he's finally realized what he is. But he he's not like crazy. You don't have to. He sleeps all day. He's the laziest dog on earth. And uh, but he would go outside, pee a little bit, and then come inside and pee on a chair, like of <laughs> a whole bladder. And I'd look at him like, "What are you doing? Like, stop it." Like, and I I'd just sit there and be like, you know, and now he's finally learned. He doesn't ring a bell. He'll just scream at you at all hours of the day. So 2 a.m. You just hear Husky yelling. And I'm like, yep, oh, he's got to go outside. And then I'll take him out. I'll do his stuff. Go right upstairs. Go right back to sleep. Just yeah, like your yeah. yeah.
0: So.
1: Yeah. So I have no clue where we are. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, uh,
0: yeah. So uh, you uh, okay, we went. We went through all the favorites, and so, I mean, really, I don't know. We're at, what, an hour 15? So I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to cover.
1: Um, no, man, we can go ahead and start wrapping things up. Um, so, yeah, Matt, um, what do, what do you have coming up for you? Uh, let us know what's coming up for you, what's coming up for uh, Final Cast, if you're allowed to say that kind of thing and all that yeah. good
2: so we have uh, a lot of good so if, like me personally uh I, I didn't get a chance to fish one whole tournament this year which sucks i went out for like four hours on a tournament and i had to leave uh so i i next year i'm I, I might be seeing if any either one of you guys do any of the Bassmaster events i might see you there because i'm gonna try to do at least three um meet up with dan perry and uh, a couple other ones um so that's on the scene for next year. The rest of this year is kind of just preparing. Um I'm excited. This is gonna be my first full winter fishing. So I get to enjoy being in a dry suit with a neoprene gasket around my throat, choking me out for the first six months. Um with the final cast, we've got a lot of really good shows come up or coming up. Um ICast was just in, you know, a couple months ago. So we've already had some really good shows through it. Um we had Feel Free Kayaks, Bonafide, some of the bigger kayak companies, and then um, we got some bait companies coming up. One I'm super excited about, which I don't know when this would air, but the twa, no. not the next show, the not the 22nd show, but the show after that. If you're listening to this before, definitely check that out because that's going to be with Nico Bates. Um, it's a bait company I just found a couple months ago. It's the same super plastic or elastic that Z-Man uses, but it's a much purer form of it. So mm. those baits, like a pack of six crawls, don't get sticker shock. They're like 13 bucks. On the back of a jig, I have had multiple smallmouth that I have watched tear regular plastics, especially Gugans and you know Gary Yamamoto's, tear them in half on strikes. To where i have that crawl has teeth marks in it like a soft plastic swim bait and it still looks perfect so definitely worth it so that'll be a really good show definitely check that out and then we have a lot of good shows i mean you know just keep keep an eye out we have some bigger names lined up hopefully over the next couple months um so it's going to be a good end of the year and then next year all the companies start dropping their final design boats so we're going to have a lot of people back um to talk about that stuff so i'm pumped it's going to be a good year
1: Absolutely, and uh, I want to give you an open floor to shout out sponsors and supporters and anybody you want to say thank you to, give shout outs to all that good stuff.
2: So, first person I want to say thank you to is my wife. Uh, she allows me to spend obscene amounts of money on eBay for JDM stuff, and then uh, the hookup tackle. Uh, the guys who run that place know me by name. They I message them on Instagram personally, and they hook me up uh so she allows me to spend that money and then she just allows me to really enjoy my hobbies um which is it's something that goes sight unseen a lot of times in relationships she lets me go hunt she lets me fish um so yeah first off my wife and then i just want to thank the paddle and fin crew for allowing me to join the group um it's been awesome i was kind of really missing that camaraderie coming out of the marine corps and i got it back so that's uh It's done a lot for my mental health. So that's great. And uh, sponsor-wise, for everybody who continues to sponsor me, Douglas Fishing Rods. best fishing rods on earth, in my opinion. Um, Bio-NO lithium-ion batteries. I've had three batteries going pretty much nonstop for two and a half years, and I've had zero issues with any of them. They all still have full charges. Um, And then uh, Dark Horse Tackle, new sponsor to the final cast been a long time subscriber and uh if you go with it i promise no matter what tier subscription box you get especially if you get the chant box you'll see a ton of hand painted balsa crankbaits that go for 25 dollars, and you're getting four or five baits of that same quality every month so um definitely Definitely Dark Horse Tackle. And if you use Paddle 20, shameless plug here, if your viewers use Paddle 20 on uh, Dark Horse Tackle, you get 20% off your first subscription box, no matter which one you get. So check it out. Awesome. Yeah, man. And yeah. I'll also I say that. thank you for you guys for having me on. This is awesome. I love branching out and doing shows that aren't mine because i don't feel as pressured to like make it a really good show i just get to be myself which everyone tells me always ends up being a good show and i just need to do it more i just can't so uh thanks for you guys for having me on i really this has been a blast so thank you
1: absolutely i, I love going on other shows too um gives me i like, i don't have to steer the ship i can just sit exactly. back and answer <laughs> questions and all i that love, gets- it. <laughs> love it love it yeah, man. Uh, I know you. Uh, you plugged it at the beginning of the of the podcast, but um, in case people have forgotten, go ahead and let us know uh, where we can find you and follow you and all that good stuff.
2: Yeah. So uh, I primarily post on Instagram. That's pretty much the only place I do post. Um, Matt Souter's fishing, super easy, straightforward. Uh, that's. I'm I'm laxing on it right now. I was posting every day for like a solid six months. And then now I'm posting like every two or three days, mostly because I'm getting burnout from social media, but it'll start picking back up once hunting season, once I really dive into it. Um, and then fishing throughout the fall and winter, you'll start seeing a lot more posts. So keep up with that. And then uh, I'll put posts for paddle and fin and stuff for awesome shows that aren't my own. So you can check out, you know, either if you're a big hunting guy and go check out Brad also show or the OG show, they always have dope, uh, guests on so yeah matt Souters fishing right on there
1: awesome well matt man thank you so much for coming on the show um i too have had a blast uh for the part that i got to enjoy and (laughs) um, this is going to be the first time that i get to go back and listen to my podcast and not know what i'm getting ready to hear so um, (laughs) i I look forward to editing this one for that reason
2: (laughs) oh you missed some good stuff just make sure you leave the part in when me and robert were uh making fun of you okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) it was a good one
1: yeah so um robert i don't know if uh, or or what uh ad you played going into what's your favorite so
0: um i didn't play any we just rolled right into it so if you want to play that now you can play that now
1: all right sure we'll do three this time With 30 years of experience of hand-crafting lures under his belt, Mr. B of Mr. B Lure Company is making high-quality spinnerbaits, buzzbaits, jigs, underspins, swim blades, and more right here in the U.S. All of his skirts are hand-tied, and all of his baits feature a baked-on powder paint, all metal components, and only owner and gamagatsu hooks. All of his baits come in a variety of colors, and if you purchase a bait in the battle shad color, 30% 30% of the proceeds go to the Wounded Warrior Project. To see the quality for yourself, go to mrblurecompany.com, that's mrblurecompany.com, to place your order and use promo code FAITH, the letter N, FISH, the letter N, POD1X10 at checkout to save 10% on your first order. Whether you're a Ned rig vet or a finesse fishing noob like me, Jage Jigs is your source for high-quality finesse jigs that raise the bar by being lead-free. Using a tin bismuth alloy not only makes Jage Jigs eco-friendly, it also makes the jig lighter so you get the same profile with less weight for the fish to feel. Check out jagejigs.com, that's jadesjig scom to see their full lineup of jigs, styles, and colors. And since you're a Faith in Fishing listener, you can save 10% on your order by using promo code FNF10 at checkout. savior outdoors gives me confidence that no matter what happens what i take on the water is coming back home with me with retrieval devices for fishing rods bow fishing bows action cans and even one that can be attached to your other gear they've got your whole arsenal covered when one of these devices goes in a drink it releases a float attached to your gear by 60 feet of line so you can get it back and the pressure sensitive filter means that you don't have to worry about rain or dips in the water while landing a fish at savouroutdoors.com that's s-a-v-u-r-outdoors.com you can use promo code fnfp15 to save 15 percent and try them for yourself all right man another huge thank you to matt for coming on the show and sharing his story with us and uh and having fun with us i'll leave all of his links in the show notes so that you can uh you can follow his adventures and the all things faith Fish and fishing link will have all of my links and Robert's links and sponsor links and all of that good stuff. Where to listen to the show, all of that good stuff. So be sure to check it out. Um, and I will also leave uh, a link in the, in the top of that one. Uh, Robert, the, uh, the episode that we did with, with Mike from project mindfully outdoors, my episode on his show aired this week. So, um, that was, that was pretty awesome. I'm talking about fishing for a purpose and, um, and uh, and mindfulness in the outdoors and and healing from the outdoors and all that good stuff so that's a pretty awesome show um i'll leave a link to uh to that one in there as well um because it is a fantastic um, fantastic conversation that we got to have so yeah man um i'll uh you've been you've been killing it lately with these with these thoughts at the end of of the episode so what are you leaving us with this time man
0: uh Really, i just touch on Paddling Fin uh, some because it's, it's one of those, um, I don't know, there's really not a, another podcast like that because they have the one, you know, it's a network and, and I'm not even sure how many shows are on there, uh, but they have several shows. I want to say it's maybe around six or seven, almost one for each day of the week, I believe. So, you I know, and,
1: this, so it's more like like 12 or 14 maybe, or
0: something. Maybe like yeah, there's maybe there's some, some ten. that 10. ten. So uh, so 10 of them. I mean, I just you know, once you subscribe to the channel on Spotify, just I just go to the new episodes. and It just throws them up there. Uh, but I will say it's one of those podcasts that, you know, there's all 10 shows are different. And but they're. They're all. Well done. The hosts do a good job; uh, they're all entertaining, and it's not one of those where you are going to start listening and be like, "Nah, I got to go find something else." Because there are those podcasts that I do that to sometimes as well. You know, you start listening to something different, I am like, "Nah, I don't like that guy," and I'll go to the next one. But uh, I really enjoy those podcasts, and uh, it's it's a great platform, and, and they talk about a lot of uh, pertinent information and uh so honestly with that man i mean it's 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 one of those things are i feel like on that network there's a lot of positivity and uh not not that they don't say things like it is but, but there's a way to just say hey i don't like this or i do i do like that and do it the right way and Absolutely. you know that, that's kind of what we strive for and and uh i think they do as well so uh Man, that's it, dude. Yeah. Hope everybody
1: has a great week. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode, y'all. Y'all take care and God bless. Thank you for listening to the Faith and Fishing podcast. Faith and Fishing is produced and hosted by me, Cam Steele, and is sponsored by Jade's Jigs, Get Outdoors, Pedal and Paddle, Savior Outdoors, Atolus, and Mister B Lure Company. Be sure to give us a rating and a review and to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode. Y'all
0: take care and God bless.